and welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of This AFL Life. I'm joined by Julia Kiera. How are you going, Julia? I'm swell, Al. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. This is um, like a skeleton crew. Mm. Well, we're just very lucky that we're not somewhere running 7K sprint sets, which I believe our co-hosts might be doing. Yeah, this is true. So, Julia, did you check out the Adelaide Crows uh, Frio practice match yes, on the weekend? Yes, I did. That was great. That was such an um, exciting taste of what it's going to be like to sit down on the weekend and just w- watch women's footy. <gasps> it was so exciting. <laughs> so it was also great to watch two teams that as a Victorian we're not, you know, we don't get mm. the chance um, and to start putting some faces to names. Um, yeah. But I, I thought it was a brilliant production by AFL NT. I just wanted to get that out there first. It was yeah. amazing quality, you know, camera angles, replays, mm. great commentary. But I just also, it made me remember how good is Chelsea Randall. Oh, my God. It was like the first time I ever saw her play was those was that 2013 exhibition match, the yep. first ex- ever exhibition yeah. match where she just killed it. Mm. And I just remember, you know, she just flies for marks yes. at full steam and clunks them. And, um, yeah, she was a, um, a bit quieter perhaps in patches, but in that last half you you really thought, wow, she's going to tear it apart. Yeah. And just as the captain, both the captains actually, her and Cara Donnellan, really I, I felt that they were just that sorry rest of the teams, but that much classier that you really kind of saw when the ball was in their hands that they made things happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they were just so much more assured, especially Cara Donnellan from the first, her first possession. Yeah. You just watched her. She got it. She switched it. And, um, yeah, she just looked so um, poised yeah. right from the get-go, whereas you you got the sense maybe that some of the other players were a bit nervous. Yeah, because it was interesting because I think out of the two teams, it was almost as if Adelaide settled first. Yeah. But, yeah. but then once once Cara got the ball in her hands, she settled Frio and, yeah. and then away they went. Yeah. And, um, look, it was really great to watch. There were so many... Um, girls that I've never seen before just do really exciting things like there was a girl sharp around goal I, you know I, I apologize to you I've never heard you before or seen <laughs> you before but I live in Victoria and you were just absolutely amazing and and watching you know watching those snaps of goal and just making the most of um her opportunities I felt like oh you know yeah where's the rest of the season you, <laughs> you know you just want to watch what these players can do and so it's such a great taste and you know good on AFL and NT for going to the effort of yeah absolutely of um, broadcasting it so we you know can it really it really wet my appetite to watch you know out of state teams which usually I'm pretty Victoria focused yes <laughs> <laughs> and we probably are a little bit on this AFL life yeah. as well but sorry um, everyone it was um, it was no it was a real treat um, and I think both teams have have a fair bit of you know top end talent to still come into their sides so. Um, and that even makes it even more exciting for me. Mm. I mean, the co-captain of Adelaide, Erin Phillips, didn't play. I can't wait to see her play, actually. Mm. And um, and Courtney Cramey, of course, she's like one of South Australia's best... Former guest. And a former guest, yes. She's one of their best footballers. Kirby Bentley for Frio didn't play. I'm pretty sure Kira Phillips didn't play either. Mm. So there's a lot of talent to come in. Yeah, you saw Kirby Bentley um, holding the movement board when they switched to the camera on the, on the bench, so... She's in it. Yeah. She's in it. I was waiting for her to run out. Yeah. <laughs> um, the commentators on the day did make 
mention of the fact that the Adelaide side is split in that mm. the Northern Territory girls train with one another and the Adelaide girls train together and they've only trained as a whole group a handful of times. I'm not yeah. sure what they said. Um, and they did keep referring to that in the commentary and that's that you know, that's fine, but I do feel like those things need to be ironed out pretty quickly and if that's going to you know it, it, once we get into the season proper they're going to have to work out I don't know if it was just the commentators making a bit of drama out of <laughs> what was happening or when Adelaide were having a slow patch or something but um yeah I, I didn't really see what they were saying you yeah. know they, they they kept referring to it like oh that perhaps their set plays weren't being executed or so on but I just Felt like it was. It wasn't that. It mm. was that Freya were just kind of more slick or more dominant. Yeah, or yeah. It wasn't necessarily that the Adelaide players didn't know each other's names. It yeah. wasn't that at yeah, all. Yeah, no, it's what interesting. No, well, yeah. I mean, I did notice it through the commentary. Actually, on draft day last October, I um I had a bit of a chat to Beck Goddard, who's the coach of the Crows, and because at that point in time, I wasn't sure how it was going to work for them because I knew that half of the squad was, or a good portion of the squad was going to come from NT, and how would that work and she was actually really quite enthusiastic about it and said that she didn't see it as a as a problem or an issue. They have, you know, um, top-up players that will train with the Crows in Adelaide, top-up players that will train up in NT. They were having – they'd planned two or three um, camps, intensive mm. camps where they spend, you know, a few days together yep. training. She trusts her assistant, her senior assistant that is coaching them up in NT. So – yeah, it, it's interesting that it kept getting referred to in the commentary call as as a kind of, I guess, excuse in a way. But I, I don't think internally the crows are actually looking at it in that way. No, and I didn't, I didn't see, it and I wouldn't have even thought of it. I mm. think. Um, and yeah, I guess that's the commentator's role is to add drama. Well, add drama, <laughs> but add you know a bit of insight as to what's going on, and yeah. um, you know, to keep keep the commentary going along. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess if I was from Adelaide, an Adelaide player, and you'd done so much work to be really cohesive, and then you'd listen yeah. to the commentary and it keeps referring to the fact that you don't seem to be, um, which again, yeah, as of you, I didn't, I didn't get that sense. So, good luck to both those teams. I think Frio um, were definitely more dominant. Mm. Crows got a bit back on the scoreboard towards the end there, but yeah, apart from that first ten minutes, you did get the sense like Frio were uh, maybe quite ominous. You know, they'll have to travel from week to week. But um, I think, yeah, I think they're going to be right up there. Mm, yes, mm. it's quite scary, really. <laughs> so we actually had the good fortune the other week of interviewing Katie Loins. Yep, fantastic. For those that don't know, Katie's had a bit of an interrupted uh, couple of years through injury. I don't even know what her last injury was that she's coming back from. Possibly ACL. ACL. She's had a broken ankle, which you'll possibly hear about in the interview but she's at Carlton and just a really fantastic footballer plays a club footy at Diamond Creek one of the toughest um smartest inside mids going around I'm really excited to see her back out on the park um, yeah and it was great to talk to her and see how she's been tracking yeah and I think another thing about Katie I mean a big part of her story is her injuries but now that this new league is about to launch I hope the story is about her footy again oh definitely she deserves it. Mm, here's Katie. Well, Katie Loins, thank you for having us. No, thank you for having me. Um, you're a 2012 Premiership player with Diamond Creek and you were recently selected in the first ever NAB AFL Women's Draft for Carlton. 
exciting times. Yeah. Now, with this AFL Life, we usually, with our guests, we start with a few little warm-up questions. What team did you vote for? Um, Carlton. Yep. So I'm a Carlton supporter. So when I was drafted to Carlton, it was just a bit of a surreal experience. And um, yeah, amazing that I get to put on the navy blue jumper. Very exciting. Um, we, we are both, we're both Carlton supporters. supporters so. <laughs> <laughs> this interview is going to go well then. <laughs> and um, who was your football idol as a kid? Um, oh, I loved Anthony Kudafidis. Um, loved the way that he played, attacked the ball, but then also on the ground and then in the air as well. Like always idolised him. Um, these days, probably uh, Joel Selwood, Jimmy Bartel. Like I like those type of players that just, yeah, yeah. going really hard and yeah. And, um, and what is it about football that you love? Um, working with your teammates, that bond, um, and then just being able to have fun on and off the field, I guess. And yeah, and then also winning a premiership is pretty good too. Yeah. So I was going to say, how old are you? I'm 30. So I've hit the big 3-0, but feeling really good body-wise. Mm. So hopefully you can definitely, um, you know, stay on the park this year and um, play well for both Carlton and Diamond Creek later yeah. on in the year. Can you tell us a bit about your football journey, like when you started playing? And Yeah, um, first got a little taste for footy um, in high school. We had a, a school team and we were really successful and then um, a few of my friends were really keen to start up a team and that's where we started Berwick. Um, and then oh, about four years in, a lot of my friends started drifting off and doing other things and then I wanted to continue playing footy, so I stayed at Berwick, I think it was until the end of 2011, and then moved to Diamond Creek, so been playing since 2004. Right. So what school did you go to that had a girls team in 2000, in the early 2000s? Yeah, um, Berwick High, yeah. so Berwick Secondary College, um, and yeah, they were always really supportive of women's football, yeah. um, so we always had the opportunity to participate and um, represent the school and the you know the um, competition so it was really good yeah um, and I was just looking up earlier um, so in that first women's draft in 2013 yeah. so you were taken at pick eight so and that was kind of in the middle of having this disjointed time because of injuries or was that no that, that fall um, that was before all my injuries okay um, so 2013 with the draft I think it was after that exhibition game I think it was two years uh, two weeks after sorry that then I did my ACL yeah so I think that was when it all started to <laughs> to happen after that draft I don't know <laughs> but yeah so well you're not the only one because in that draft I think Astor was taking pick Astor O'Connor was taking pick four and Kirby Bentley was taking pick seven and you were taking a pick eight and I was thinking about how you know those three players are really those picks show that they're really super, you're really a superstar of the women's game. Oh. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> no, but you are, and and that pick represents that. But um, you know those three players. You haven't played. You didn't play last year. No, I neither did Astro or Kirby. I don't think. No, yeah, Kirby. Kirby. Um, I think got early injured early in the preseason or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So and now you're kind of making your debuts again. So. Yeah, it's it, it, it's good for footy, but I think you know you you guys would have definitely been in for a shot of being marquees and all that, and, and missed that. And now, hopefully, people are going to be able to see what you've what yeah, you've got. And I've got a really um a special bond with all uh, with both of those girls. So mm. Kirby, I've played footy um, obviously against a mm. WA through state competition, and then Aster, I've played with at the Bulldogs as well. 
Um, so it's really going to be great to have those two back because, yeah. yeah, I think they add so much to the competition. Yeah. Well, the, all of you are so tough and very smart um, footballers and that I think is just going to stand out in, in your teams when, they, when there are lots of young players who perhaps don't quite have that game since just Yeah, yet. I think just the leadership qualities, too, of both of those girls is mm. just going to be really important to those teams as well. Yeah. So. And you to Carlton. Yeah, yeah. I guess so, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Now, I was reading an article this morning saying for, in terms of your injuries, since about 2011, you've had you've had a broken leg yep. playing for Victoria. State kind of, actually, Kirby Bentley did that one too. So <laughs> um, an ankle reco yep. and two knee reconstructions. But in that time, you've also obviously managed to play for Victoria, win a premiership and get drafted to the Bulldogs and Carlton. <laughs> Sounds a bit crazy, doesn't it? <laughs> but um, it says something about your your mental toughness and perseverance yeah i think um what i don't like is going out based on injury like i want to <laughs> i want to go out on my own terms mm. so um yeah i suppose that's been my desire to keep you know coming back from injuries and and playing i guess so yeah i'm really excited for this year and what's to come with carlton and diamond creek um so i asked asta who's usually on this afl life for a few thoughts about you and she sent me a list but one of them was that so I asked Katie about when she broke her ankle in Adelaide and managed to literally drag herself to the next stoppage she is one of the toughest footballers I've ever seen now coming from Asta who thinks that pretty much every other person is soft that's, uh, <laughs> yeah Asta's a bit of a competitor isn't she, <laughs> yeah, she is a competitor. you but, want her on your team that's for sure yeah but what what happened there um so that was, I think, yeah, in the 2011 State Carnival. So I went to go pick up the ball and my leg was just in an awkward position and then Kirby Bentley was um, tackling me from behind and I just leant forward and that's mm. when I heard the the crack or what I thought was just me rolling my ankle. So, yeah. um, And always when I get injured, I don't know what it is, but I like to see if I can, you know, play on or whatever it is. So I tried to get up and the pain was pretty bad yeah. straight away. So I started crawling to the contest and that's when I knew that I was probably in trouble and I should come off the field. So, but no, I just, yeah, I don't like, yeah. yeah. I like playing on, I guess. So one of the other things that Asta told me to ask you about is why is Asta called the big fish? I don't know. I think one of the girls... Um, when we were at the Bulldogs, just called her the big fish. And I've just run with it since. And um, I suppose she's such an imposing figure, mm. um, especially on the field. So I just, yeah, I don't know. I just, I like to stare Asta and I think she loves it a bit too. So yeah, I've does. got a, a really good relationship with Asta and a lot of respect there as well. Yeah, hopefully that um, means <laughs> you're not in her way. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, I'm sure I will get in her way, but hopefully, yeah. I come out okay. <laughs> Actually, I do remember that when you had to go and get your knee redone, um, Asta talked about how, like, how just how disappointed she was for you. Um, has has she been has she been someone that you could go to through through this process? Or? Yeah, she has. Um, so I've even spoke to her leading up to the draft as well. So there was obviously so much um, uncertainty and. Um, yeah, so I, I spoke to Asta numerous times and, yeah, she was definitely so supportive and then also just sharing our own experiences from the whole rehab and, um, you know, being that support for each other has been 
really important. But then also um, really good relationship with Kendra. Um, And unfortunately, she did her ACL at training. So again, it's just so important that you have those people around you and more so that people that have been through that same experience as well. I think it's really important that, you know, you do just kind of be honest with that experience because you do have your ups and downs and um yeah it's just really important that you're supporting each other through mm-hmm. it so Tanil Hay is a strength and conditioning coach at Carlton but um have you also been doing rehab with her and that's continued into um preseason at Carlton yeah no I've been really lucky um so working with Tanil at the Bulldogs yeah. so I kind of had that relationship with Tanil so after my surgery, I was really focused at this time on making sure I had the right people around me. So I contacted Tanil and, you know, she's such a, um, a giving person. So she was willing, more than willing to work with me. And um, she's kind of been my rock through this mm-hmm. whole rehab process. And I'm, I'm sure Asta would say the same thing um, regarding Tanil. Um, but yeah, so I worked with her, I think, a good four months before Carlton. And mm-hmm. then... Um, yeah, I was just lucky enough that, you know, she got the position at Carlton as well. So it's just been great to continue that rehab with her at Carlton as well. Yeah. So she's been amazing. Cool. And then you got drafted to Carlton. Can you tell us a bit about your experience of draft day? Yeah, draft day was um, interesting. So I was actually here sitting on the couch with mum. Um, so I had to wait a while, but, um, you know, mum's obviously seen the struggles that I've been through with my injuries as well. So I don't know, and she's just a massive supporter. So when my name got called out that I was going to Carlton as well, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we both were just pretty much in tears. So it was a a really special moment. Has your mum been involved in football? Not, um, I don't think, I think there's only one game that both um, mum and Perry, Perry's my stepdad, that they haven't come to. So all the state (laughs) games, all the state carnivals. So yeah, they're massive supporters and... Yeah, I, I guess that's why I'm here today because they've just been so supportive along the way. Yeah. Through the awesome. tough times and good. How were the nerves on, on draft day, like having having not played? I mean, because the, the, the best way to advertise yourself as a, as a footballer is to actually perform on the park. And did, yeah. you, did you have any apprehension Yeah, going I in? did. And I, I suppose that was the hardest thing is, like, I obviously couldn't show my talent before the draft. So it really had to um, be focused on what I'd done previously. And then not knowing as well so I think I was maybe in my rehab maybe seven months so and obviously during rehab that you can always have your up and downs as well so I guess um yeah that it was a really tough time not knowing whether the clubs would see me too much of a risk or not so but yeah no, it all worked out really well <laughs> so how has the pre-season been so far at, at Carlton yeah um pre-season I don't know I've, I've absolutely loved it it's been tough um, challenging but then also really rewarding at the same time I think when we all came together in November just to see how much as a team that we've bonded and developed has been really exciting and yeah it just makes me more excited about round one now and yeah we can't wait to get out there I guess mm-hmm. so can you um like as a fellow Carlton supporter can you can you talk us through the first night of training walking into the facility and having your own locker and walking out onto the hallowed turf yeah it actually gives me goosebumps thinking about it so um we had no clue what the club had done for us um so when we walked down into where our gym area is um the girls were just it was like it was christmas like we were walking through and the girls were just like the looks on their faces was just amazing um so the club has just been absolutely like genuine in their approach and making us feel like it is that whole club 
Um, so we walked down and then we saw the gym area and then we walked into the locker room and that's where David Parkin was waiting for us and everyone was just kind of be like, oh, wow, this is really happening. Like it was just that moment that I guess a lot of us girls have never really experienced. Um, so, yeah, it was amazing. And then, again, just having your locker but then also opening it up and, you know, you've got like stuff ready to go for training in terms of your footy boots and things like that. It was just a really special touch and I think the club did an amazing job with that. Mm. It's a whole different world now, you know, coming from community footy where you bring your own stuff, you clean up, <laughs> yep. you know, your parents or whoever are behind the goals and, and now you go somewhere where someone's put your locker together and someone's going to clean up after you or run water out to you. and Yeah, yeah. and I, I guess that is the big difference as well. Like with Diamond Creek, we've got a lot of volunteers, which mm. are, you know, crucial to making the, the club run. But, yeah, with um, Carlton, you just, like, even the access to physios, doctors, like, you know, um, well-being team as well. Like, it's, yeah, resources that we've never had access to. So, yeah, it was it took a while to adjust, to be honest, and to make you go, yep, we are, this is it now. Like, mm. so it was amazing. Yeah. Is it all those things make it feel more real? Yeah, I, I just think that the professionalism, like, it's just – at a whole different standard mm. so I guess that does make it a lot more real and um, just knowing that you've got the support of the whole club as well mm. it's really great so you've had a long time kind of not having a good run at your football and having quite significant injuries that might have ended anyone else's career you said before that you didn't want to go out on an injury but what else kept you going do you think um, definitely that feeling of being a part of the team mm. um, and knowing that I still had plenty, um, plenty of things to give um, a team, whether it's like leadership, um, and then also on and off the field. So I still worked with Diamond Creek quite closely, um, helping out with the midfield setups and that last year. And I, I still had that desire and burning mm. passion to um, keep going. So I think that was the main thing as well. Yeah, like um, it was unfinished. Yeah, definitely yeah. unfinished. Yeah. Um, but then also when they announced that the, the National League was going to be in 27, I think that really just motivated me to go, yep, let's give this another try. And yeah. Yeah. Stick in there. Yep, that's it. Just going through the list, I mean, there seems to be similar players to yourself in that, you know, hard, hard at it, head over the footy type of players. Are there some maybe up-and-comers that we don't know about yet that um, someone to keep an eye on? Yeah, I, I don't know if I'll... Um share our secrets might have to to (laughs) wait for round one to see the surprise packets but um who's impressed you so far that you didn't really know um well there was a couple of girls that i hadn't met before so kate sheila um has played from uh played some footy in london and yeah so watching her go about her footy and her training and seeing how much she's improved over the last couple three months couple of months whatever it's been um has been really impressive Mm. um but then again, I don't know, I've been really surprised with the whole list um, and then just seeing how well we've bonded and um, gelled together. I think that's going to be crucial. I, I don't think you can really base it on individuals. Mm. Um, it's pretty much how well the team gels together and, yeah, yeah go into round one with that. There does seem to be, though, in the particular players that Carlton picked up that there's a real toughness there, you know, in... in Bree Davy is a very tough competitor. Yeah. Yourself, you know, picking up Shay Audley as well so early um, in on draft day as well. Like there was a real there's a real grit to a lot of players that I've 
that Carlton picked up that jumped off the list for me. Mm. Yeah, I think um, that made it really exciting for me as well, just mm. knowing that that's how I kind of play my footy, but then to be surrounded with mm. players like that, I think that was, yeah, comforting to know that you're running out with girls like that. And I, I actually think the whole team is pretty similar to that, to yeah. be honest. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited for round one and to see how that all comes together. Yeah. I think it's going to be great to watch. So you mentioned before that, you know, you're really looking forward to playing this current season and then the Diamond Creek season. Um, last year, Diamond Creek probably didn't have as good as a year that they would have liked. You weren't playing, so that was probably part of it. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> but what are you looking forward to um, when, once this AFL W season's over, getting back into the season? I guess it was a bit of a disappointing year for Diamond Creek. Um, you know, obviously having so much success in the past few years, um, and then to not make the finals was really huge for us. Um, I know that we'll definitely bounce back from that. One, it'd be really nice if we can get everyone on the park. So um, we just had a horror year last yeah. year and not to make excuses because all clubs go through that, but I'm really looking forward to seeing everyone out there when we go back and, um, you know, complete a short pre-season as a team. Um, and that's the thing. It's just so unknown of what's going to happen with the VFL season. Um, so... Yeah, anything can happen really, and mm. I don't know. Knowing now that we've got Scott Scott Gowns, um, it's just going to be amazing to already have that in place. And I know that he's already been going down to trainings with the girls now. And yeah, I'm really excited about the year with Diamond Creek. Yeah, and you do have um, is it 15 Diamond girls were drafted? Yeah, 15 yeah. girls, um, which is amazing. Like yeah. um, when you think about, you know the injuries and what we went through last year and to see that many girls get selected mm. and just how many other girls maybe have possibly missed out mm. because of injuries, like Tanya Hetherington, um, Nicole Paul, like definitely talented athletes that, yeah, mm. should have been playing on an AFL list, but I'm sure they'll get their opportunity. Yeah. So you're going to have those 15 girls coming back into Dymo, kind of back, back together again and they're going to have benefited from... The being whole AFL in, experience, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it will almost be like, uh, you know, the last year can be forgotten and you have another crack at it with so much more experience in there. Yeah, and that's it. And it's really pleasing to hear as well. I haven't had the opportunity to go down to training because obviously I've been very busy with Carlton, but um, the numbers that we've got and, um, I'd, yeah, it's just completely changed. Um, mm. You know, we've got a lot of volunteers that help out at the club and um, now we've got fitness advisors as well it's just yeah it's going to be really exciting yeah mm. a couple of other girls that we've spoken to um we're talking about how um at afl level everyone seems to be have bonded really quickly and people from different clubs but how do you think that all kind of translate and play out in the vfl season when you all go back to clubland yeah i was actually having a, a bit of a talk with nat exxon the other day because I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get along with her really well and I was just like, it's going to be tough playing against you. Um, she's hard to catch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she made me look silly at training the other night. Um, but no, she's yeah, amazing player. But um, yeah, you've, you've, I don't know, you just, um, and especially when we start playing games together as well, I think that's just going to make it a lot different when we go back to VFL. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I guess there's a positive and a negative. So mm. you know each other's positives and weaknesses. So mm you get a little bit more insight but then again having to play against them would be pretty yeah chattering as well when you're wishing that they're on your team yeah exactly and and i think sometimes even though you might know an opponent's weakness 
it's sometimes really hard to use that knowledge. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, is. In the moment. Oh, I know they don't have a left foot, but I can't even catch them to try and push them onto it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just forget now. Yeah. She can just. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think that. I think that's going to add another element to the VFL season is, you know, all these players that have gone through the AFL system, had a season together, and then they're going back into their teams. Like, hopefully hopefully all the teams are going to have this huge lift in standard. And then, who knows, a bit more drama. Yeah. (laughs) That's the thing. It's just so unknown, isn't it, Mm. on what can possibly take place. But it's exciting as well. Yeah. And there does seem just to be more interest from the public as well. I think we're going to see... bigger crowds at VFL games as well yeah and that's why it's so important that we do put on a you know a good not say a show but you know a good quality football that Mm. you know the public are really interested in and yeah we can definitely um, get some numbers at the VFL season Mm. as well you're going to wear Guernsey number two yep how does that feel as a Carlton supporter and just the historical significance of that number John Nichols etc how does how does that feel? Diesel as well. Diesel, yeah, yeah. Um, massive. I I don't know why I picked number two. I, I I'm not too sure. I I know I wanted something different from what I've had previously, and I kind of wanted to start fresh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I picked number two, and then obviously going through the history of that number and the people that have worn it, and then I actually did like Jack Silvani, and then he switched to number one, which made it a bit <laughs> awkward. But um, no. Um, yeah, I guess it's just going to be amazing to put on the Carlton jumper for a start, but then also, yeah, to think about the players that have worn that number two will be pretty amazing as well. Mm-hmm. Think about running out. Yeah. Can't wait. Get nervous thinking about it. <laughs> we have, you know, played football for a long time in a community setting, missed a lot of footy for injury through injuries. So my perspective would be that every moment out on the park is just something to relish and really... Um, you know, if you could just take a, take a video of it, you know, in your mind so that you remember it forever because, it, you know, this opportunity, you're getting such a special opportunity. Oh, it's amazing. And I think all the girls feel that in a way. But yeah. um, definitely after the last four or five years, to one, be selected by Carlton was massive. And now, I don't know, I just feel like I need to pay that back. And, mm. yeah, I'll definitely um, be going into each game with that feeling of... Um, what's the word uh, appreciation mm. um yeah so yeah. i'll definitely be loving every moment that i've got yeah. in that jumper i guess oh. yeah i'm so excited <laughs> <laughs> but also opening the inaugural season like the first game of the first season happens mm. once in history and you're in yeah it. it's amazing and I, th- I think the the more you think about it you can get a little overawed by it but um I think the way that the AFL have done it, obviously playing against Collingwood mm. and with the men's is such a big rivalry as well. It's just going to be, I don't know, the Holden Centre is just going to be electric that that night and I, I can't wait to run out yeah. with the rest of my teammates and see what we can achieve. Yeah. Mm. So what do you actually do outside of footy? I'm a teacher. Yeah. So I know that a lot of the students are really excited um, and they're very supportive as well. Um, I work at Morty Alec College. Um, so just down the road from me, which is nice. Um, and, yeah, they're really excited to see yeah. what obviously takes place. And I know that 
few of the students are going to come watch the games and yeah it'll be a little bit exciting I guess cool. so are you teaching full-time I'm teaching full-time yeah. um, I did speak to my principal in regards to maybe taking some days off especially when we have to travel into state I'm just mm. gonna have to um, but yeah they were really supportive yeah so made it a whole lot easier so they're going to be putting an ice bath in your class on a Monday morning, or oh, no? <laughs> Based on previous seasons, I can barely walk after a game, so Monday mornings are going to be very tough. So yeah, I think they're going to have to organise something like that. Yeah, I think your students are going to think it's a real trip or watch you on yeah on on the telly on, the telly. on know, Sunday it, it, and then you teach the class yeah, on a Monday. It can have its positive and negatives as well. So if I you know do a really awful kick, I'm sure the kids will let me know about it. Um, but yeah, so so what yeah. what do you teach? Are you um, PE health? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I teach from year seven to twelve. Yeah. yeah. So I oh, know I'll I'll get a fair bit of slack from year seven students right up to mm. year twelve. So yeah, I think um, as Carlton supporters and just women's footy fans, we are so looking forward to the season starting. But in seeing you come out onto the park because you're very respected amongst women's football community and um you've had a rough trot and we just can't wait until you get out there and smash them thank you i really appreciate yeah. it yeah. thanks for having us no, no thank you well that was katie loins what a great chat yeah definitely the most immaculate home oh, it was it was actually stunning how stunning home loved it yeah, quite different from the next home you went to <laughs> that brings us to our next interview with western bulldog free agent and darabin falcon Meg McDonald. Number one fan of the podcast, so yes. we had to sneak her in. Yes, but quite a, a different quite contrast to Katie Loins. You know, Katie's played footy for a, a really long time. Meg, quite new to footy, really, has found herself on an AFL list, but missed out on draft day, so really interesting story. We're at a delightful share house in the suburb of Thornbury, and we're here with Meg McDonald, Western Bulldogs free agent, <laughs> and... 2016 VFL Women's Premiership player with the Darabin Falcons. Mm-hmm. Welcome to this AFL Life. Thanks, Sal. Good to be here. And JC, hello. Hello. I actually wanted to start with, she's not a Big Mac. She's a Mega Mac. Oh, no, you did. <laughs> but then I was like, maybe she's been, that's been said more than once. Oh, it gets said a lot. I had a massive, <laughs> I, had a, I had a massive insecurity thing mm. about it, the whole Mega thing, but I'm working through it. Oh, related to? Just like... We're just going to jump straight into my insecurities here. Oh, just, just like being bigger, taller, a human stronger. Woman. A, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, a little bit. And yeah. I, yeah, just used to, you now in the footy world, it's fine. You want to be yeah. that way. But I, yeah. yeah, I didn't like it. Didn't like it. I think it's Anyway, and the most important part of my intro? What? Number one? What? Oh, um, yes. No. Well, this is, I was just about to get oh, to sorry. that. Oh, sorry. Go, yes. go, go. I'm As a genuine This AFL Life fan, I am. Yes. you might be familiar with the warm-up questions. Okay. So I didn't I didn't get quite to the point where I went back and listened just to make sure, but I do you kind think of have familiar. an idea. Yeah. So what football team do you barrack for? <laughs> I haven't thought about that question recently. <laughs> <laughs> the Bulldogs. No, I, well, North Melbourne was my team. And Until recently. <laughs> and your football idol as a kid? Glenn Archer was almost my, as you look at that painting over there. Yeah, I, I can see a drawing. A, a, a drawing, perhaps signed, of Wayne Carey on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I loved Wayne, but I sort of... Um, Have more of a shin bone of spirit? Yeah, well, a little bit. I uh, kind of... My, my dad worked at the club for a long time, so having sort of known the players, I... Arch, inverted commas, was my... <laughs> 
yeah, my, my man. And, uh, and what do you love about football? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I suppose that answer has greatly expanded over the past two years. I, growing up, I just loved it as a, I think as a sport. I didn't consider it too much outside of that. And not even, I realise now that while I loved it, I didn't think of it, I wouldn't look at it and see strategies or see this or see that or see individual players. It was barracking for North. So I love the game more now, actually, how it compares to other sporting codes. But also, I mean, what footy now being involved as a player has given my life is, like, enormous. The culture of the club, the community, the... Well, I just, it sort of just expands. The, the people in it, most, I guess, the people are number one and coming into contact with them and predominantly women um, is has been, like... Unreal. So I wanted to start with just a bit of your background, Meg. So mm. how old are you? 25. 25. Prime age. And how long have you played football for? I came to Darabin in March 2015, which is no longer last year anymore. I was saying last year yeah. for a long time. But yeah, so I came right at the end of preseason that year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had a look on your stats and so you played 26 games i didn't know that you played Good. 26 games and now you've been picked up by an afl club so that's not bad no it's yeah it's all right <laughs> it's a pretty good strike rate actually that's yeah. a pretty good strike rate so before that tell us a bit mm. about your sporting history before you played football well um i started in 2015 but growing up around north melbourne and being in the rooms a lot i'd always kicked a footy when i was young and i loved background footy backyard footy and um lunchtime playing markers up and that sort of thing so I had a not kicked a football ever but sporting wise I never I just played tennis pretty much from we started at the very beginning my parents bought a block of land with a tennis court on it and nothing else um my (laughs) my grandma got a mail drop for tennis lessons and because I when I had we had a tennis court I went along just before I started prep I played that I probably started comp when I was eight ish and played tennis seriously and by seriously I mean you know I never traveled internationally for it but was in national squads and playing at 16 to 20 hours a week until I was probably like 15 ish Mm -hmm. um there was like netball training and prep in there as well and swimming until I couldn't fit in with tennis anymore but that was it sporting wise and then uh for various reasons that sort of petered out at the end of school I briefly probably looked at a path where I'd go to college to play college tennis not to try and then make it onto the tour but for all the opportunities that can provide um for various reasons that didn't happen and so I didn't play much sport at the end of school and then I started at uni and like Melbourne uni o week I was like I'm gonna I always wanted to row because Mum lived with rowers when she was young and I went to a girls' school. You got the build for it? Like, and I was told I had the build for it. Mm. And I so I th- and I was like, I want to get back into a sport. So I tried that and um, capsized my second time out on the Yarra. <laughs> they put me in a racing, like a racing skull. skull. Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll be fine. Oh, my gosh. It was so embarrassing. I got down past, like, Olympic Boulevard capsized and someone that was running the tan had to come over and help me back into the boat anyway and that was about the end of that they didn't have a head coach at the time so um it didn't really work out and then what three four years later I thought no I really do want to get back into a sport now and came to footy well I guess that was my next question is how did you find yourself 
at the Darabin Falcons? So I worked as, I suppose, a leftover from my tennis experience. I worked at the Australian Open from my first summer outside of school as a ball kid supervisor. And a couple of years into that, Darcy Vestio joined as a supervisor. She'd been a ball kid with my sister as well. And like we were just friends. It's funny at the Open, you're friends with these people quite intensely for a month and then you don't see them for the rest of the year. But, we, you know, we were friends. And then 2014, I think, she was drafted and I said, yeah, I'm going to come and watch. That's awesome. I knew that she would be very good because she's just good at a lot of things. And I couldn't make it. It was on my birthday. And then the Falcons were playing the grand final and I, for whatever reason, didn't make it to that either. And then, um, <laughs> and then the next January, uh, we were at work again and I was like, no, I'm really going to do it this time. Um, I want to get back into a team sport. I'd sort of looked at water polo because I could swim and throw. Yeah, right. And, people and were like, horses? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they said, funnily enough, they're like, you know, that's vicious. That what happens under the water is not pleasant. Mm. Or oh, pretty. <laughs> so we're in the open on a footy field. Uh, so I sort of didn't do that. And then I thought, no, I'm really going to lift my game here. I'm going to come to training and show that I genuinely did want to come and, and get around footy. And so I came to training and I signed up the next day. Yeah. It was just, I found first training just hilarious and fantastic at the same time. So you, that first year, I remember, Meg, you were a bit injured. Oh, yeah. You didn't didn't have a good run at that first year. Well, no, I wasn't particularly conditioned. Uh, You know, as you do, you play elite, Mm. I suppose, sport when you're a kid. And then I just didn't account for those eight years where I hadn't done anything. So Mm. I thought, yeah, I'll be fine. Um, And it was as I had uh, begun to get a little bit of a look in in the seniors team Mm. and then gone to sort of trained with them as opposed to the reserves. And I, yeah, broke down a little as a result. We did a particularly big running session and I played that weekend against St Kilda and I remember getting really emotional at halftime because I was like, I'm not going to play again this year because my back really hurts. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I just sort of thought, you know what, I I remember saying to um, a couple of the girls, this will be my social season and next year will be my serious season. So I just sort of let it go, um, became a supporter for the end of that year and um, picked it up with pre-season. Yeah. And then you did have a very solid year last year. Like I saw you, you played 19 games, which seems like a lot, but I guess that was a long season. Um, yeah, all but one. All but one. Yeah. Um, and you were predominantly in the forward line? Yes. I suppose I got a run in the back line because that's, that that's offending you, anyone. That's, that's where, where you, you, can, that's, you play star. That's when you play star and that's where you can get a look in, in that team because yeah. it's obviously very strong. Mm. all over Mm. but I yeah I sort of started in the back line and then had a game where they threw me forward for a change up I think and I had a pretty good game or second half there forward but then went back into the back line and Georgia Hammond broke her collarbone and she was our full forward and then when she was away or injured I I finished the season there. Mm -hmm. So you do have that great benefit of being a swinging player swinging back and forward which when you weren't taken, I'm just going to editorialise, oh. when you weren't taken in the draft, I yeah. did feel like, well, there are all these free agent spots and someone like Meg is going to is gonna get taken because, you you know, I felt that the coaches would be sitting down after the dust had settled off the draft mm. and popping 
down their little magnets and seeing where the gaps were and and someone like you would be like well this girl's got a lot that she can offer and plug lots of holes and like even though I felt that you should have been taken in the draft that it wasn't a no-brainer that you yeah. then got picked up because you obviously got a lot to offer a team and considering how well you've done in just what a year and a half really of footy yeah so are you wondering how my draft experience was no, I was just commenting oh, just on commenting. Yeah, I mean, I just comment. how your draft experience was. I, I am wondering you how, wonder how my draft I, experience yeah. was. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I've had... Uh, how to be articulate about it. Depending on how many teams they went with in the comp, I thought my chances were somewhat dependent on that, and they ended up going with straight down the middle with eight, so I thought, oh, maybe. And some of the things, I suppose, that you originally think were to your advantage like playing for Darabin, getting in that 22, playing in a premiership, having uh, eyes on you in that in that sense, um, probably made up for some of the things that I thought, you know, I wasn't wasn't at all well known. I hadn't been in the academy, but I thought, mm. you know what, if I have a good season, it'll be fine. I'll just, you know, yeah. go with it. And I was hoping I was supposed to get drafted on potential rather than what I had already done. So nominated, didn't chat to anyone in the lead up really. I sort of knew some people at Melbourne, but there's talk all the time about, you know, Carlton's meeting with everyone and Collingwood's meeting with these people and they're saying this and I tried not to think about that too much. And then, um, (laughs) and then I watched the, um, watched the draft at Brooke Howe's place. Um, another one of the Darabin girls who was in her first season and yeah, we watched it and it was, it was a hard time because um, she got taken. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, she, yeah, there's that. She, she got, got taken. But I actually was going to go in the, more in the lead up to that because you see it around you and you're just so excited. Like, yeah. I lived with Das and she was so excited about what was happening at Carlton. I was so excited for her, so excited for the competition, but then trying to rent it in, going, oh my God, it might not happen. Um, and then so Brooke got drafted, but also it was probably hard because of the amount of names that you don't recognize mm. that, that got picked up, which was, you know. I don't know everyone, but you think you made your friends that haven't gotten called out, but then Kate Tyndall gets called out and I'm just ecstatic and I was ecstatic for Brooke. So it was up and down, but ultimately I was di- very disappointed. And I sort of, the rest of the night, I, you know, you're thinking about it and, you know, and I decided not to, I didn't really do much about it that night or the next day, but found Obviously, <clears throat> social media was hard the next day. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, God, if one more person at work asks me about it, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> I found the next day, the Thursday, to be particularly, like, the most hard day because I was, yeah, all that stuff that I've just said. And then you look online and you're like, yeah, I can't look at one more huddle. Or mm. Carlton had gone and done their free agents like that. So at the mm. end of the draft, people message you and they say, free agent, no worries. And I'm thinking, yeah, but, I don't know. And then Carton had chosen theirs really quickly, and I thought, okay, maybe that's already a foregone conclusion. Who's going to go in this period? Um, And then it's funny, all the people that had told you you were a sure thing, you're suddenly thinking, were you just blowing smoke up my ass? Yeah. (laughs) Which no one knows how it's going to go, but I was probably a little bit... And I think ultimately I was surprised at how disappointed I was because I, I didn't go in thinking it was... 
guaranteed, but I came out of it just really shattered. And I think more, it was more than missing out as a player. It was missing out on this thing that I knew would be mm. so culturally significant and to be inside, inside it all instead of just a spectator. Yeah, so then I suppose I saw Asta over the weekend, that weekend. So yep. that was Wednesday, Thursday, over the weekend. And she said, look, just... I, I saw a number of people and it was from contact... Taron Flanagan to talk about the academy to here's the number of someone at the Bulldogs, give them a call. And I think what I came away thinking was when you're not picked, were you five people away from being picked or were you 200 people away? So if I do a cold call, am I going to have to introduce myself? Yeah. Um, Mm. Which I didn't want to do. But you have to. You have to sort of put yourself out there. So she gave me Paul Grove's number and I called him on the Monday very very nervous um but it was really lovely he knew he knew who I was and he was honest and he said I'm looking at four people he said we've only got one spot left I'm looking at four people you're one of the four but I can't give you a definitive answer and I said that's fine I just wanted it to be clear that I was interested Mm -hmm. and hang up he said he'd get back to me in the next few days he wanted to have done it that day because I had an event on but he thought he'd better give it some more thought he knew me from our interviews (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is nice to hear. And then... So, <laughs> and you just, so just context <laughs> is that Meg did some post-match interviews for Darabin Falcons through the final series. Yeah. Uh, and they were put on Facebook. And Paul he had watched them. had watched them. So it's funny in life. So you, you don't know when you just do, yeah, you're just doing silly stuff. Yeah. And then it comes out. So as a footballer, she's a fantastic journalist. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and he mentioned versatility but he also mentioned that he that the team was quite tall and I, I'm tall and then I left it and I actually emailed um, Melbourne as well I didn't hear from them but I had a, like quite a distinct feeling after having done those two things that at least now it was done like it was all out there it wasn't no one was questioning I couldn't didn't think I could have done any more and then a whole week later he called me five minutes before I walked into work and offered me the spot and um the rest is history <laughs> <laughs> no. I just need to think about it, Paul. No. I just need to think about it. I'm fielding so many offers. Um, no, yeah, I said, yeah, I'd be. I just tried not to say too much. I can blabber a little bit. I was yeah. like, yes, that would be great. Thank you. Mm. Yeah. So then I was really happy. Yeah. And then how to do that without to celebrate it without uh, rubbing anyone's face the way I knew uh, the way I had felt for the past week and a half. Yeah. But it was like it was a really beneficial week. Strangely enough. Because I'd sort of, everything would, had led up to that day. And then when it didn't happen, I thought, well, I better get some other things going. Because mm. I can't put all my eggs in one basket. I better, I don't know, mm. go with you to that writer's festival. Yes. Or um, <laughs> think about some study or work at what I'm doing with a job. Because uh, that, it was funny, for a long time, I've said this to a few people, the thing that was causing me, that was really helping me in my life, provide me with happiness, joy, expression. Footy was just, had become this fantastic thing in my life and when that one thing that's giving you all those things becomes really disappointing mm. and really hard to be around I thought oh dear I can't mm. be too one-eyed about you know mm. I'm not Daisy Pierce and Katie Brennan so I better diversify div- thank you I better diversify mm. yeah but it sounds yeah, like the, your experience of you've missed out on the draft and then you get this lifeline that week of misery has given you this great perspective of firstly appreciating it, like appreciating you've got this spot now. Yeah. You almost didn't get it. You've got a pre- an appreciation for all those girls who've missed out. 
um, of which there are lots and of which some you look at and go, how on earth did you not get a spot? Um, And they're currently just doing their regular club pre-seasons and they're going through what you experienced. And at the same time, yeah, that it is like, it's this is going to be fantastic, the Women's League, but the reality is that, you know, girls aren't going to be making their living out of it. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you've got got to have other things going in your life. and Yeah, um, and that's something I still have to work on, I think. Because you hope that as part of, part of my involvement, you hope that it opens a lot of doors for you, I mm-hmm. suppose, because it's an area that I'm interested in, mm-hmm. naturally. As part, you know, before I was involved in footy, I loved sport and I loved media and communications. So in that sense, I wanted it to open some, some things up for me so you want to take those opportunities but it's yeah fleeting mm. or I don't know I don't know how to put it yeah. mm. working it out as we go so you you you're in a unique spot on in that lots of other girls who are in these teams have played in state teams before they've played they've gone to academy before or whatever so they've played a club footy where you have your own team and you know everyone, you know the coaches and you know where the toilet paper's kept and all this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And then they have their sessions where they go into the other space and they're, you know, they've got to learn all the names again or whatever. And so they've already had that experience. And so them going into the AFL world, they're, they're translating those same skills again. Whereas I feel like with you, you've you played your club footy and this is your first time of like going out to the bigger world where you, you've got, you're learning all the names afresh. Mm-hmm. You've got to prove yourself afresh. Um, and all that stuff. So how has this past five, six months gone, uh, five, six weeks gone for you in that, you know, you're going into a where people don't know you? Yeah, uh, I suppose a couple of things make up that experience. I had begun, I suppose, in last year's VFL season to learn of people. Yeah. And then my suggested friends list on Facebook is entirely <laughs> female footballers. <laughs> and still is. Um, but I, de- I also naturally well going back to when I came to the first Arab in training I was so nervous and for that whole first year I was you know you get your first game in seniors and you're so nervous and then you get your first kick and you're so nervous and you shank it and then oh my gosh it's just learning to be confident and to be relaxed and remembering or learning I guess how you play best and I certainly play best when I'm being a bit stupid not really silly but do you mean stupid or do you mean relaxed I mean, rela- I mean, yeah. um, oh, Katie Brennan, you think you can snap it from the band and kick a goal? Watch this. Okay. And then, I don't what do you call that? Just some positive affirmations. Just some affirmations and then, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, giving it a go. Like, ha- taking a crack. Having a crack. Yeah, instead of thinking, oh my gosh, yeah. Daisy's watching me kick. Yeah. Uh, so, through the VFL <laughs> season, this is... <laughs> poor girls at Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> And not just Daisy, like like yeah. a lot of, obviously, a lot of girls at Darabin. And I'd gotten to the point this VFL season where I had relaxed. Yeah. Uh, I'd felt comfortable knowing that I had strengths, that the coaches could see, that th- therefore it's forgiven when you make a mistake and then you're just learning. And then you come into this, <clears throat> sorry, this new environment and I felt that nervousness come back again, which I'm sure is natural for everyone, even yeah. the girls that are pros at it. But I have nothing but good things to say about how the Bulldogs made me feel and how the other girls there made me feel. I not once have felt or been aware that I was the last person on the list. Mm. Like, not once. Yeah. Um, which is how it should be, but also not necessarily what you expect. Yeah. So I don't, <laughs> I don't generally struggle in new social situations, I don't mm. think. I 
like traveling on my own I don't mind having a conversation <laughs> can talk so that side of it was was fine but the footy I think you're still getting used to getting a feel for everyone and what their strengths are and how they play best and um yeah I don't know there are girls that are naturals at it because they've done those had those experiences that you're talking about but there are an awful lot there that that happens and or that are young or for different reasons trying to build confidence in that space yeah um space i use the word space much mm. more journey space journey and elite <laughs> you're not the, <laughs> the only person to say that elite <laughs> but you're kind of taking elite. you're taking the piss and then yes. all of a sudden you're not taking the piss yeah, yeah that's yeah. how i feel about that word mm. yeah hashtag elite <laughs> and then it's like oh no actually i do have to run seven k's <laughs> in a certain amount of time yeah <laughs> um <laughs> And oh no, you no don't don't walk down that aisle in the supermarket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just those things it. completely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, like in in men's footy, they often say what number you drafted is irrelevant as soon as you walk in the door. Mm. You, mm. You, in the way you've talked about it, is definitely kind of described it in the same way. Has there been this extra element though, where you kind of are pioneers? So this is all fresh brand new Mm -hmm. team about to start this kind of brand new league has everyone do you kind of sense that do you feel that is it spoken about or it is yeah it's spoken about um setting standards and the opportunity to yeah create a culture it's another buzzword and leave a legacy (laughs) um Yeah, it's spoken about. We have meetings when we're talking about defining ourselves and how we want to perform when it comes to picking leadership roles, what pillars are we picking those on? And and then I suppose at times when you have doubts about uh, your performance or the fact that this is all over in April, that you think, but you'll still be, you will have still been part of the first one ever. Mm, yeah. um, so talking cliches again, that's, not something anyone can take away from you (laughs) and it's I've seen it uh, I think I've seen girls really quickly put aside uh, prejudices or allegiances or um, ideas about each other to work towards you know something greater and something um, to establish something uh, significant Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I mean I, I I can't wait to see what kind of actually impact it has on the VFL season mm. Mm. I think about it all the time it's mm. you're forging all these new relationships in, in, the, in a league that is so significant mm. and just how that might change or shape VFL mm. competition from now on well kind of back to what you were saying before about my sort of lack of experience I didn't well um, yeah, yeah. or knowledge of other people I suppose yeah. I went into the club and I'm surrounded by a lot of people who had played in those exhibition games and things I had not I had no idea who they were mm-hmm. and I remember I went back recently after having trained with Jamie Lambert chops mm-hmm. and I went back and watched the most recent exhibition oh, game she was a star she yeah unreal she and was, I think yeah sorry chops I didn't know who you were when we played mm-hmm. Eastern Devils this mm-hmm. past year so I know going into the VFL now yeah. I who didn't I recognized and Carney, Ellie Blackburn, I knew the big names, but beyond that. Katie. <laughs> yeah, she's the person running around in front of me taking marks. Kicking <laughs> <laughs> goals. Yeah. Like, she won't. Watching the ball sail over Exactly. <laughs> My opponent's going, she won't kick it to you. <laughs> but, That's fine, because she'll kick a goal, I don't care. 
But um, you mentioned before about how this will translate into the VFL season. Mm. So you're going to play this AFLW season and then have whatever the break is and then fall back into your community clubs and then all be dispersed amongst the clubs and then how this translates. And I think um, on a very small scale, it was something I noticed in, say, the national championship years in that, you know, girls from Darabin would go and train you know, quite a bit with the state team. And then mm-hmm. they go off and have the national championship where they're all, you know, it's this great bonding experience with all these players yeah. from other clubs. And then they would fall back in. And to me, it was about, it was interesting because it, it's like when you're on the park, you're a team. And when you're off the park, you're not a team. <laughs> <laughs> and because, yeah, you, you did feel like watching the state team play together that they were a unit in a lot of ways. And then they come back to their regular clubs and play against each other and just hip and, shot, hip and shot each other into the grandstand. But it is possible, you know, like it is possible where, yeah. you know, that you can cross the white line, be a team, do the team things. And then when you come off the park or when you go back into different teams, it changes and that's just how it yeah. is. It's interesting. I've had conversations about this a lot, obviously, recently, because we talk about it and it comes up and we were at the Western Bulldogs Christmas party yeah. and the fixture for the next VFL season was released oh, yeah. and Ellie's standing next to me she's like oh yeah you know we've got each other round one and that, that was a bit of a weird moment yeah so I don't know if I've told you this Alison when yeah. Asta hit me at training recently bumped me quite oh, hard oh yes yeah, I think he did but continue well she wanted to lift the intensity of this drill right and she'd recently Are you sure that was Esther? <laughs> this doesn't she... sound like Esther at all I'm gonna say this is in the first 10 minutes of training and she'd recently been obviously is becoming more and more involved in all the things that she hasn't been able to mm. recently. Contact elements of the game. <laughs> <laughs> so we go and I go to pick up the ball and she hip and shoulders me into the next drill. Like, to the drill <laughs> that is <laughs> that's three metres to the left. <laughs> and we're playing on synthetic turf. Oh. Oh. So I've immediately somewhat embarrassed because I wasn't expecting it and mm. while Sasser is a unit I consider myself a unit mm. and don't want to get bumped that far off mm. the ball anyway so I'm turn around I see her and I'm like I'm gonna yeah here we go I better assert some sort of yeah I love the physical element of football <laughs> um and I go to line her up and she sort of sidesteps and I fall because I've tried to <laughs> her, and I fall and I end up on my <laughs> and all the girls are like yeah get up next one it's fine and I'm just mortified mm. And there was an element of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about how much something else hurt, and mm-hmm. now you've now my pride hurts. Like it's <laughs> so. Anyway, and I could tell she was a bit, but like for the rest of the day, I knew that she thought she'd maybe gone a bit hard. Mm. It wasn't until after brunch that she said something about it. But I said, no, it's fine. I said, I knew I like that you did it to me because we're friends. If you mm. had done that to someone else. Who knows how it would have gone. And it's part of the game that I need to, coming from tennis, get more used to. (laughs) But if that were coming your way all the time, or LJ Moorcroft. Hi, LJ. Love your work. Um, LJ, if you'd like to be on the podcast, we'd love to interview you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had had another question kind of going back to your tennis career. I mean, career is so generous. No, but but playing an intense individual sport like tennis and then transitioning into... A team environment like how, how have you found that great because it was the thing that I wasn't good at at tennis yeah I think I just 
did not have it above the shoulders. To, I don't know, tennis is a particularly intense sport and there's how you compare to the people in your state and then there's how you compare to the people in Australia and then there's how you compare to the people who are playing to leave Russia Mm. and they just hit balls all day every day and they're winning tournaments at 15 and at 15 you're sort of sitting there going, oh, I've got to do my own work. Or, you know, know, it's just, it's different and the levels of how good, you know. Mm. Where's I going with this? Oh, yes, so you need to practice all the time time and you need to want it like nothing else. And you need to love it and you need to love that competitive element of it and the mind game against your opponent. And I just was not an area of the game that I was good at. So I was good, um, I suppose, technically and athletically. I had the attributes. But at the end of the day, tennis is about getting one more ball over the net than the person down the other end. And I just like couldn't do it. <laughs> my serve looked great and my forehand looked great. But that sort of mental toughness of it and how it was all on you I didn't I didn't like mm. very much mm. and um, coming into a team sport I found that fantastic yeah um, that you know you're only a part of the success or failure of the team and and getting around like I love nothing more than at the start of a quarter and you yell out to someone on the wing go Tinny <laughs> you know I don't know just yeah. um yeah I so it's very very different but for me really good well it sounds like it's a relief you know, like yeah. to, you don't have to do it all yourself. You're part of a team. Mm. You succeed together. You fail together, and exactly. you're one twenty you might, second of that, not yeah. the whole. Kit you might know. draw on it a little bit when you're lining up for goal, yeah. and for that moment, mm. it's kind of just you and the ball, which yeah. is kind of like tennis, I guess. Yeah. Do you think your tennis experience helps in that situation, though? Hmm. I've thought that I should use it more. Yeah. Yeah. I've thought that. Uh, whether it's uh, things like having a routine and mm. um, that sort of focus and uh, yeah I should draw on that a little bit more uh, and I think it yeah it do- does help yeah go. I do have one last question yeah you um, did an on the record for oh god yeah yeah for the Western Bulldogs website yes the question mm-hmm. if you could ask one person to be your mentor who would it be oh gosh I knew I'd cop something about this you said yeah. Emma Thompson. Yeah. And I wanted to know why you said Emma Thompson. Because uh, I, I think in Fantasyland, when I was studying English and theatre and consuming a lot of movies and books and YouTube clips about award speeches, I just thought she was a great writer, a fantastic actress. She does a lot of philanthropic work and she's very funny. And I, I think just, that's a yeah. great selection. Why did you bring that up? No, I think it is a great selection too. No, I actually just wanted to know oh, right. okay. to know why because I yeah. think she's awesome as well. I think she's just very good at what she does and she yeah. doesn't do just one thing, which goes to what we were saying before. Yeah, she's diversified. Um, she's life. diversified and she's very intelligent. Yeah. And she went to Cambridge to do something really academic and decided to do something fun like go and join Footlights, is that right? The comedy thing. And then, whoops, I'm going to go and be a comedian and then win an Oscar <laughs> I just identify with it in a you think you're going to do this way but then you might just do this other thing for fun like kick a red ball around mm. and then all of a sudden that has opened it's up far more opportunities a thing. Yeah. than yeah. that other thing mm. well thank you Meg for having us thank it's you fantastic it's my first interview ever other than that written one but that was just a survey <laughs> <laughs> big fan thanks Meg well, that was great. 
Thanks, Meg. And I reckon that's um, that about wraps us up, JC. Yeah, I think we're we're getting the full uh, gamut of interviews with. We've got a free agent. We've got a priority pick. Got just regular draftees. Yep. And next week we're going to have a rookie, so you can hear about the full experience. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll see you next time. See ya.